to be in prayer for Miss Amy and Andrew and all the in-laws is uh, if she does not have that baby today, she's going to have that baby tomorrow. And pray for Andrew. He has to get up early. <laughs> Got to have Mama there at 4 o'clock. And uh, only for a hunting trip has he done that before in his life. <laughs> it would not be surprised if he don't go to the hospital dressed in camouflage. And get there and find out he's dressed wrong. We'd like to welcome all of you who joined us by way of live stream and the radio around the world, wherever you are. We're so glad you're with us today. And uh, we're coming to you from the great metropolis of Joshua, Texas. Today we'll be preaching out of Mark chapter number 11. And I hope and pray that you already see the title of the message. And it says something to your heart. Fig tree or fake tree. We're one or the other. We're either bearing fruit for Christ or we're fruitless and fake. And I would to God, somebody said, preacher, that's a Wednesday night service. I know it, but you're not here Wednesday night, so I thought I'd catch you on Sunday morning. Look at your Bible if you would, please. Our Lord Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He set his eye like a flint toward Jerusalem. He was born in Bethlehem to end up in Jerusalem. He was sent to this earth to stop off in Jerusalem. Four days now until he is crucified. Four days before he is beaten Beyond recognition. Psalms 22. Four days. Until the Lord lays upon him. The iniquity. Of us all. Four days. He voluntarily. Lays on the cross. And is secured there. With rough. Gruff nails. Hangs there for six long hours. It was such a dreadful time that even God turned his back. And for three hours it was dark as dark can be. And out of the darkness someone hear him say, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. What a wonderful Savior we have. What a gracious, loving, compassionate Savior we have. Four days now before he goes to the cross, he has entered into Jerusalem and proclaimed himself to be king. He rode into town on a borrowed colt, and the people strawed palm leaves and their garments along the ground that the colt may walk upon. And the shouts could be heard from miles around. Hosanna, blessed is he. The king of David's throne has come to town. But somehow or another, 
in the temple, they didn't get the message. Verse 11 of chapter 11. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked around about upon all things, and now the evening tide was come, he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. No hallelujahs in the house of God for the God of the house. No recognition of the God that the temple was supposed to house. And God incarnate walked inside and no one recognized him. No shouting took place. The priests are silent. The Sadducees are hid. And in the temple, there was no ado that the king had arrived. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if happily he might, find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, the tree. What do you think about God talking to a tree? It's his tree and talk to it if he wants to. If he wanted to, he could make the tree talk back. And he said to it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Verse 20, please. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Peter calling to remembrance saith unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. Shall we pray? Our Father this morning, uh, we're going to try to be brief, but Lord I pray that each one here today would hear from you. That Lord during the service, that you might take time to meet with us and for this to be a special day in our life. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. The thing that pressed me a little bit was the Bible said, and our Lord was hungry. Uh, speaking of his humanity. You see, we believe that Jesus was just as much God as if he had never been man. And just as much man if he had never been God. And with his God hand, he can reach down or reach up and take a hold of a holy God. And with his human hand, he can reach down and take a hold of us. And bridge that tremendous gap between holiness and sinfulness. And what he did at Calvary... He tore all the petitions down and hanging on Calvary, he reached up to God and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And in his hand, he looked down and told us, it's finished. Isn't that wonderful? 
Oh, well, you don't act like it is. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Amen. It's getting more wonderful all the time. Amen. Amen. Good night. Hope you wasn't that lax in the ball game yesterday. Travelers in the day in which we're reading, in the Lord's day, had not yet heard of McDonald's Happy Meal. They could not stop off at Big D's and get a child special. Travelers in our Lord's day depended upon fruit that grow by the wayside and the generosity of all the folks who live by the wayside. And so it's about a mile from Bethany to Jerusalem, and Jesus spent the night in Bethany. And evidently, he didn't spend the night with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Because if he had spent the night with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, Martha, the great server, would have got up and cooked breakfast. Amen. Amen. Did you have breakfast? Was McDonald's on sale? And so in this day, they could not just stop by the wayside. And so Jesus had walked almost a mile that morning. And the Bible says as he walked, he was hungry. In other words, he stopped off at a 7-Eleven to get some of those gizzards. It's been laying in that, under that heat lamp for several days. <laughs> yummy, yummy, yummy. My favorite health food. I've even got Jim liking gizzards now. <laughs> Dr. Watson, no, he don't like that. So the Bible said that he was hungry and he noticed a tree afar off. That's what your Bible said. It wasn't just right there. He saw it far off. Meaning that was great anticipation this hunger was going to be fulfilled. Because the tree was, was absolutely wrapped in foliage. It was beautifully, it was leaves everywhere. Do you know things are not always what they seem? I was reading the other day about the Hundred Years' War. It lasted 116 years. Which country do you think we get Panama hats from? Ecuador. From what animal do we get cat gut? That's what the banjo's made out of. Cat gut. Cows and horses. <laughs> Things are not always as you as they say. Which month does Russia celebrate the October Wars? November. <laughs> Things are not always what they say. Jesus saw this fig tree and beautiful foliage. I mean, it was leafy. It was wonderful. I can imagine his, his I would not like to say, you don't say gut on television. His tummy was roaring. Just could not wait with anticipation looking into that tree. And he walked up to the tree and things are not always what they seem. The playwright Gore Vidal says that when he, when his play, The 
best man was being cast back in the 1959s. Ronald Reagan was proposed as the, as the character to play the candidate for president. It was decided that he lacked the presidential look. Billy Graham, when he was a young man, fell in love with a young lady, fell deeply in love and wanted her to marry him. She would not marry him because she said he didn't have any ambition. Things are not always what they seem. A neighbor moved in next door to this lady. She said, preacher, what does that have to do with fig tree? Nothing. But I've got to keep you awake somehow. Lady working in her yard. Her work clothes. Her hair was a mess. Lipstick was a foreign object. She's working in her yard and a moving van pulls up. And she says, well, I think I'll just be friendly and go over and, and meet the new neighbors. She went over and met the new neighbors. And oh, they were so friendly. And about a week later, the neighbors invited her and her husband over for dinner. She thought she'd make an impression. So she went and had her hair dyed. She struggled into her girl. What are you hunting for, John? <laughs> Wrong time, huh? She painted her lips, applied her eyeshadow, false eyelashes, painted her fingernails, and popped in her contact lens. She looked in the mirror, said to her husband, Well, tonight, they're going to see the real me. <laughs> Things are not always what they seem. And today I think we can draw a lesson from the fig tree. The fig tree is mentioned approximately 60 times in the Bible. In the Lord's day, it was a crime to destroy a fruitful fig tree. It meant so much to the economy. It was such a, a necessary item that to destroy a fruitful fig tree, it was a crime. And so the Bible says, and it says very plainly, and on the morrow... When they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Could I please talk to you just a minute about the description of the fig tree? The description of the fig tree. Notice this phrase, if you would please. And a lot of folks have, have and a lot of commentators will tell you that Jesus is mad because of what went on in the temple. And he just took it out on the fig tree. I do not believe that at all. I don't believe Jesus ever had that kind of attitude. I believe he cares about people. I believe he cares about things. But now I want you to notice some things about the fig tree. It says, for the time of figs was not yet. 
Before yesterday, you want me to tell you what I knew about fig trees? Before yesterday, you knew how much I cared about fig trees. Probably I'm telling you how much you know about fig trees. And as I read the commentators and as I read the, uh, uh, the books that talks about fig trees, some folks says that fig trees bear three times a year. Another fellow said that fig trees bear twice a year. I'm confused. Why would our Lord curse a tree because it had no fruit because it was the wrong time for fruit? Now, I know you have the answer. I have several because I've read several different books. <laughs> the International Encyclopedia says that a fig tree bears twice a year. The figs are ripe in June and in August. The Bible says as they Fig tree casts its untimely figs. I wonder what that means. The untimely figs are the figs that has made it through the winter and still hanging on to the tree. And when the tree is leafy, many times, although everybody knows there's small winter figs, the leaves encloses and hides the nutritional little winter figs that falls untimely from the tree. Our Lord knew it was April. He knew that the luscious large figs had not yet come to fruition. But he also knew if a tree did not have some of the winter small figs, it would not be productive in June and in August. So when he went to the tree, he had every right to expect that tree to have some untimely revelation figs. He expected, he planted it. It was his tree. It was taking up nutrition from the earth. It was absorbing precious water only to produce leaves. What in the world? What in the world does all that mean? A fig tree in the Bible? A fig tree mentioned 60 plus times? What could that fig tree represent? What in the world could the fruit or fruitlessness represent? Is there a message for us today from the fig tree that dressed right? but was not right. 
Is it a message to Israel? You know, the folks that didn't even recognize God when he walked into God's house. You know, the guy, you know, who got all hoopty law from the world but walked in his house and got nothing. Is there a message for us today from the fig tree that our Lord cursed and it dried up at the roots and withered? If you know anything about Israel, she's withered. She's been cast abroad to all the nations in the world. She's gone through captivity after captivity, judgment after judgment, and yet Israel is a nation but still does not believe in Jesus. Leafy she is. She's got her mighty army. She probably has the best special forces in all the world. That little tiny nation over there, I'd hate to get mixed up in a fisticuff of that bunch. You know why? Because they don't mind dying for their country. They will fight. They know how to fight. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That little fig tree began to bud in 1948. But she's still cursed. She does not believe in our Savior. I wonder if there's an application in this for us. If you look at it, it shows Jesus cursing the tree. Not because he hated trees, not because that he wanted to make room. He just cursed the tree because the tree was what? Fruitless. Israel was chosen because of her location geographically. Israel was chosen of God to be his chosen people because every trade route in that area had to go through Jerusalem. God chose Israel to be a witness of his grace, of his love, of his greatness, of his power, and they failed. Fruitless. They turned to the world. They began to go to Egypt. They began to go to the world. And they started acting like the world. And they lost their witness. And so when Christ came, Israel, the fig tree, had no witness. She was chosen not only to be a witness, but also to be obedient. And she became disobedient. She was chosen of God to be to exemplify his love and to show everybody how much God loves people. And instead, they wrapped themselves in a religious garment, walking around the street, pharisaical and hypocritical, and did not love anybody but themselves. God cursed them because they failed. God chose Israel, bless your heart, not only to love, but to also to, to be a, 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 a witness of his greatness. And they wrapped themselves in religious garments and became cold and different. The Pharisees dressed in robes that had scripture sewn around each, each 
arm and scripture around the border of the garment with a large golden key swinging from their waist, which signified that I have the key to heaven. I know the way. But yet Nicodemus by night, the Pharisee sneaking through the city out of embarrassment at night, came to Jesus and said, Rabbi, I know that thou art a man from God, sent from God, for no man can do the miracles thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus said, Marvel not, I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Nicodemus said, how can I, who am old, enter the second time into my mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, Marvel not, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. A man with a key signifying he's going to heaven, signifying he's got the way to heaven, and he's in a night street behind the buildings in the dark of the night, embarrassed asking Jesus, what does it mean to be born again? I wonder how many folks in our church and in churches around the world have wrapped themselves in the religious garb and know nothing about the new birth in Jesus Christ. Fig tree with leaves. Fig tree that is pretentious. Fig tree that is proclaiming I've got something and they have nothing. Is that a picture of Israel or is that a picture of the average Christian in the world today? I'm going to heaven but my home is going to hell. I'm saved, but my kids are lost. They're good ball players, but they don't know anything about the Bible. Fig trees. Nothing believes. Well, I thought at least I'd get an amen out of somebody. Jesus cursed a fruitless religion called Judaism. And I'm afraid if he looked at America this morning and seen the churches filled with pretty leaves, then on Monday they're trying to win the lottery because they have no faith in God. They're setting a double standard for their kids. They're one thing at church and another thing at home. Nothing but leaves. I just wonder today, you want to know any more about the fig tree? No. <laughs> Could I have an amen? Do you know any legalistic phonies? Do you know any preachers that legislates righteousness? You can't wear this, you can't wear that, you can't go there, you can't do this, and make you sign a contract to be a member of their church that you will not wear shorts in your house. I wear shorts everywhere I go. If they keep theirs as kivered as I do mine, they can wear them anywhere. There ain't no preacher, priest, or pope going to tell me what I'm wearing in my house. Make me sign a contract that I'm not going to do this in the house. Hey, 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 why don't you just go to Jerusalem, get you a Pharisee's uniform, and walk around with a key around your waist. Maybe Jesus might stop by and tell you about being born again. Legal righteousness. 
outward show. We wear suits around here only because we don't have Levi's. Can you see how phony? Can you see how Jesus looked at what looked like a fruitful tree and it was fruitless? Parents, have you ever sat down with your teenage kids and say now, I'm not going to reach across the table and grab you and slap you. Tell me what you think of daddy and mama. Open it up. Kids, teenage kids, what do you think of a mama and daddy? What do you think about all the leaves Sunday? And all the bare twigs on Monday. I sat down with my four teenagers. And I got back off the road in evangelism. And I just got this idea. I want to see how my kids see me through their eyes. And I set my kids all around the table. I said, now all bars are lifted. All reserves are gone. I want you four kids to tell me what you think of me. David looked at me and said, I ain't, because you'll knock my head off. (laughs) He told me all I needed to know. Nothing but leaves. I wonder if God looks down today at Joshua Baptist and he sees a bunch of leaves. Carrying your Bible on Sunday, sociable drinking on Monday. You say, don't tell me what to drink. I, ain't, I don't care what you drink. In fact, I got something I'll say to you. If you can drink it and glorify God, I can make it and sell it to you and glorify God. Of course, isn't that a lot against the law for me to make it? Just an amen would help. A description of the tree. Could I spend just a minute on the deception? The deception of the tree. The Bible says... He seeing the fig tree afar off, having leaves. He came, if happily, he might find anything thereon. The tree was lying. The leafy outward show was hypocritical. He looked, he saw, he expected, he got nothing. God looked at Israel and saw a fruitless nation. And in 70 AD, he eradicated that nation. He sent them off around the world and they have suffered and suffered and suffered and suffered because of disobedience to God. Notice the fig tree having leaves. 
huge, beautiful leaves. Great testimony outwardly. Praying in public and turns on the monotone tones of Rehoboam, Jeroboam, and all them born boys. But on Monday, the leaves fall off. Now, I'm not talking about you, so don't get mad at me. Actually, the tree was useless. It was empty. Vain, lying, and hypocritical. Kind of the picture of a lot of church members, don't you think? We sing songs like Sweet Hour of Prayer and struggle with five-minute prayers. We sing onward Christian soldiers, but will not join and have to be drafted into service. We sing, we love to tell the story, and we confuse it with Silent Night. We sing all for a thousand tongues and sing of our great Redeemer's love and do not use the one tongue we have to glorify Jesus all week long. Leafs. Deceptive. Lion. Hypocritical. Leaves. We sing. We're marching to Zion. Beautiful, beautiful Zion. But we gripe when I say you need three to thrive. Three to thrive is three services a week to be the kind of Christian you ought to be. I ain't singing them songs no more, preacher. We sing amazing grace and then wonder if we're saved or not. I wonder maybe if some of us are not kind of leafy. Not only deceiving others, but deceiving ourselves. I just think maybe I need to be quiet. This tree was a a legalistic phony. I, it hurts me when I see people legislating righteousness to their folk. You do not serve God because you have good clothes on. You serve God because you have a good heart. You don't serve God because it's Sunday when it's season. You serve God instant in season and out of season. You're a Christian at home. You're a Christian at work. You're a Christian everywhere you go. And you're exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, meekness, long-suffering, gentleness, and temperance. Hey, that's the fruit Jesus is looking for on your tree. Well, that's enough about that because I just believe God expects fruit. Please, I'd like to turn you to Luke chapter 13 for just a minute. And honest, I'll be done in just a moment. I wonder how long a moment is. Kind of like a fig tree. There's a lot of them. 
Luke 13, if you would please, I believe the owner expects a reward. It irritates me when when Sudan seed is $41 for a 50-pound bag. And I sow about 45 acres of Sudan seed. And they don't come up. I don't run around out there field. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Ha! I got some seed in the ground. Hey, you. People plant trees and sow seed expecting what? Fruit. Fruit. Why did God save you? Why did God bother to give what he gave to get you saved? He expects fruit. I read for you verse 8, I mean verse 6 of Luke 13. He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon. That settled it. He didn't plant the tree for shade. He didn't plant the tree for manicuring purposes. He did not plant the tree to make it pretty on the outside of the wall. He did not plant the tree so he could say, I have a tree. He planted the tree and expected what? Fruit. But we can look at Israel and say, she shall have no fruit. We can look at her through all the judges, through all the prophets. You can look at her through John the Baptist's eyes. You can look at her through Jesus' eyes and through the disciples that were martyred by the cause of Christ. She bore no fruit. But I think you bring it down a little bit farther. And we see the description of the tree. Deception of the tree. I close with the destruction of the tree. Verse 7. And he said unto the dresser of the vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answered and said unto them, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. Mark 11, verse 20 and 21 said that it dried up at the root and began to wither. Do you know any Christians that is beginning to wither and dry up? Do you know any Christians that just comes to church and then goes home? And at home they argue, disagree, The kids see it. 
a bad testimony. Jesus said, that ain't how a tree ought to be. He said, cut it down. He cursed it, did he not? Oh, I want to close with this verse. You say, how many verses you want to close with? Just these right here. You know, I love that scripture where the the vine, the vineyard owner said, cut it down. The dresser said, no, could we be just a little bit more long-suffering with it? Aren't you glad that God is not willing that any should perish? And God is long-suffering, not as we count long-suffering, but God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Are you glad today that you're still here? Ain't God good? God's a God of second chances. That vine dresser who is Jesus Christ said, Lord, don't do it right now. Let me work on them a little bit. Let me visit them at their house and let me send a little problem along the way to kind of irritate them and let them know that they need help from somewhere outside. And, and Lord, send a preacher, send Brother Jim by, send Brother John, or send one of the soul winners by so that they, they can tell them there's hope in Christ. Amen. Are you glad he's long-suffering? Yes, Secondly, I see about that, that parable, if you're still here, you still got a chance. Don't cut it down. Wait another year. <laughs> Sometimes you feel like you've been fertilized. <laughs> Somebody said you're on television. Not now. They just blew me off. <laughs> the vine dresser said, Lord, let, let it alone. Another year. Another year. Another year. Just give me another year. Just give me another year to woo. Just give another year that I can convict them. Give me another year that I can love them. Give me another year, Lord, and I will dig about them, and I will dung it, and I will make it so it will grow. Just another year. Hey, you've got another year. How about today? Today, do what God wants you to do, because God is long-suffering, and God is a God of second chance. Are you glad of that? Well, say amen, bless God. If we're here, that means we're not there. I drive by our graveyards every day and say, praise God, I'm on this side of the fence. I go through graveyards just so if I can find my name. If I ever do, I ain't going back no more. <laughs> Let it alone. If I can't get them saved in another year, if I can't get them to surrender in another year. If I can't teach them, it's more than just going to church in another year. If I could just, Lord, if you just give me, God, just give me another year with them, and I'll love them, and I'll convict them, and I'll woo them, and I'll do everything I can. Just another year. Just another year. Now, if you notice, in that text, nothing happens to the tree. Moves from the vineyard into another story. He's trying to tell us, you got another year. He's trying to tell you, I'm not done with you yet. He's trying to tell you, I love you. I don't care what you've done. I want to save you. 
I want to be your Savior. I want to be your God. He's given you another year. Speaking about fruit. Can I read just a little scripture about fruit? You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. This is Matthew 7. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth corrupt fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Strange, he goes out of that and says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Preachers, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye worker of iniquity. Leafy trees has a certain destination. If I didn't know you and I worked with you a week, would I find any fruit? That's what the Lord is talking about. A form of godliness with no power. The religion is nothing but a show. It's a well-set table, but no meal. It's paint, plaster, and pretense. God help us. We don't need that. Creed and no credence. A creed is a set of religious rules. Credence give effort and time to a set of beliefs. Believe in the principles of the Word of God and don't practice the principles. Regrets and no repentance. Feel bad, look sad, but never turn around. What would you say if you came to me and asked me to pray for you? And I said, I don't think I will. It ain't doing any good. I think I'll pray for somebody going to do right. 
Faithful but not fruitful. Show up but never grow up. Leaves and no figs. No care for souls, no zeal for God, no passion for people, and no self-denial. He said, well, preacher, it's not the season. That's what Jesus is trying to show us. We ought to bear fruit year-round. Not just on Sunday. Not just when it's convenient. Oh, church, listen to me today. If we only produce fruit when it's seasoned to produce fruit, that is simple flesh. But if we produce fruit when it's hard to produce fruit, when we love and are not loved in return, when we are kind and others are unkind, when we like to beat somebody right between the eyes and we tell them we love you, And we're praying for you. That's supernatural fruit. That's fruit that you can't produce yourself. That's what God's wanting to look on us all. And find those things that we can't do ourselves. Wife, don't tell me you don't love your husband. You probably never did. You say, well, I didn't know his breath stunk. Buy him some shirts. It's cheaper than divorce. (laughs) Or lie to him. Turn over. You're snoring. Fruit. My prayer to God is that this church will never be just a bunch of leaves. A bunch of outward show. A bunch of pretense. But it's from the heart. Amen. 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 And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Cowboys playing today? Amen. I don't know. <laughs> Our Father, today we sure love you and we thank you for these, our family.